What up, what up, y'all? Hey, my name is Kel. My name is Anna. And you're tuned into Cognac, Cupcakes, and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with Cognac, Cupcakes, and Stimulating Conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Yes. Every nigga is a star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that song. Uh, So guys, we have some real, a really good episode in store for y'all today. Um, You know, and it's inspired you know, the song and theme of today's episode star is inspired by today's special interview and our goal to bring y'all joy all month long. You know, we want to remind y'all that every nigga is a star and we blacks are truly the salt of the earth, baby. So um, today's special guest is nothing short of that. Yes, today we will have Cocktails Pop creator, Denicia, sharing her journey with creating dope drinks for retail and dope experiences, and why cognac and being Black is so special to her and her work. Yes, um, I really enjoyed this interview, so we know y'all are going to. Um, Kel really enjoyed it. We just Indeed. connected on a super califragilistic Yes. yes. <laughs> cognac level so um yes that it just without further ado like I, i'm just excited to get to this interview for you guys so we're just yes. gonna move things along for today's episode so what you drinking on before we move oh you right you right you right you right so i went to the store and got some v-s-o-p oh, <laughs> and then on Martel, not Remy. Oh, Martel, okay, okay. Some BSOP, (laughs) Martel. Now, if you guys missed it, you um, should check out, I know it's on our Facebook and on our Instagram page, um, our latest episode of um, cocktail tutorials, um, drink tutorials, excuse me. And um, we did a guava teeny. So that's what I'm sipping on today. but yeah, we also in that episode explained um, the differences between VS, VSOP, and XO. So like, make sure you go and check that out for those of you that don't know, you know, the age d- differences and time. Now, Kelly, you was telling me that you had an XO before and it was Yes, different. ma'am. Was I had the Remy XO. I did not buy it. I was bartending and I would have to. Up- oh, no, I was saying, who was it by? So oh, Remy. Got- Remy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was Remy. It was really, really smooth. It was good. And I didn't have any chaser with it. It was just like straight shots. And great. It was a good experience. And now that was years ago. So, um, you know, my palate has definitely um, elevated. So I would like to try it again to see if I really still feel the same. Because like I said, you know, that was years ago. (laughs) right 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 so i haven't cracked open my vsop yet i'm using my my old martel that i had like my regular very special but um because so y'all know like we've said before in the podcast every cognac is aged at least two years yeah so um every cognac is very special (laughs) so just like us every cognac is a star okay <laughs> Kel, you want to get into the motivational yes, moment yes. let's get to this motivational moment if y'all haven't noticed our theme for this month of july is joy okay we are trying to bring all the joy to you guys because it is crazy out here in this world and so in honor of that joy this week's motivational moment is by bob goff and it says when joy is a habit love is a reflex Yes, I love it. All right, well, let's get into this mo- um, not motivational moment. Pardon so me. Just ratchet and ratchet. Just ratchet and ratchet. 
because the tea is brewing today. Is it now? Mm-hmm. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. All right. So it's all about the Jadas today. All right. <laughs> like, it is truly all about the Jadas. But before we get into that, we're going to get into the BET Awards. Um, so first of all, that was a really pleasantly surprising experience watching the BET Awards virtually this year. I mean, not that we don't already watch it from afar, but just seeing it being done virtually this year. I was very skeptical. I think the world was probably skeptical about it because, you know, we're so used to seeing award shows being a thing of people congregating together, people watching performances on stages and stuff like that. But COVID has really flipped this whole world on its ear. So um, <laughs> we really are going into the, the you know, I just want to say, I, I'm digressing here, but I just want to say it's really interesting. You know, Kel and I were talking pre, um, you know, show pre-production talking about how you know, people are starting to say that the world is going to be forever changed, at least for the next 10 years, which I mean, after that, it'll be changed anyway, because we're not going to go back from where we started. But, um, you know, it's interesting how it feels like this is going to propel us forward. Also, technology wise, um, everything with COVID in general. So, I had that vibe watching the BET Awards and a lot of people were saying like, we should stick to this. And I mean, if COVID doesn't really shift in a sense of getting a little less um, contagious by next year, uh, yeah, that probably will be the case again next year. But this was awesome. I love seeing all the like performances that look like music videos. They were like some that... It was a it was a nice little mixture. It was like performances, like uh, Meg Thee Stallion, which I'm gonna get into in a second, cause woo, that was my favorite. But um, I also really loved like performances that were like on stages um, that would move around, like um, Smoke Dizza and um, Sir, and then um, also uh, what's my man's name. The West Coast was really showing out this this weekend. I mean, this year on the BET Awards too. But um, Anderson Pack and J Rock, I love that song. Like I heard some songs that I had never heard before, so I was just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm messing with this or whatever. I'm fucking I'm with here. This. Yeah, but um, I would say uh, my favorite performance performers were um, Meg Thee Stallion, um, Anderson Pack, and J Rock. And um, of course, Amanda Seals, who slayed. And Kel, I know you thoroughly enjoyed her fits. Indeed, yes. I thought Amanda's outfits were fire. And um, nothing to be expected less uh, by um, looks by Levy. Levy, I think that's how you pronounce it. Amazing, amazing fashion designer. So, you know, we already knew that she was going to be slaying the game. Um, some of my favorite performances were, yes, Anderson Park is one. Masigo, because he was just a vibe. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he um, was. Chloe and Holly, I thought they did so good. My little boos. I yes. know. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Rihanna all over again. Like, I remember the group oh, wow. started off with the Ponder replay. I mean, no, no. Yeah. You should make me your girl. Uh, like, umbrella. Umbrella. Oh, 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 oh you should make me one. your girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was Ponder Replay and oh, that, a Girl that was Like Me. Thing. I think the album was like A Girl Like Me was the name of that album. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So that was when she was all, you know, I'm cutesy, girly, girly. I'm not bad. And then you saw the shift into A Good Girl Gone Bad. And that's exactly what I'm seeing again. And um, Chloe and Hallie, and she's like, they're really coming into them, their selves, but still classy, you know? So um, that was one of my favorite performances. You know, Meg definitely killed the game. Um, who else was it that really stood out to me with their performance? I can't remember, but I love the ciphers in the beginning. You know who did stand out I, that I meant to mention? Um, Usher and um, oh. Summer Walker, even though I hated that wig. 
it was very like it looked like anime to me which there's no shade against anime but like i just an anime i mean the cartoon not tina Turner. right uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I would hope y'all know the difference. <laughs> but yeah, anime. Um, like it was anime slash raggedy, and I know she don't be giving a, a fuck or whatever. But sometimes I'd be like, girl. But like but she that, that, that wig wasn't my cup of tea. But bless her heart, she looked everything but the wig for me. Like it was nice it went out the park. Like her her face, her nose is settling in. You know, like everything. <laughs> was fire on beautiful gorgeous she looked really gorgeous um sitting on that couch and stuff and being nonchalant when usher rolled up on her at the end it was just like (laughs) girl all right girl but that's performance was giving 90s vibes right yes and i love the pink and blue you know Mm -hmm. clouds like Mm -hmm. yeah it was really it was really nice set and it was very much her and i i respected it and enjoyed it um it was a vibe it was a vibe yeah big vibes all over (laughs) big vibes big big vibes speaking of big vibes um so fabulous and jadakus had their um versus battle versus battle yes um on monday and i wasn't you know again every time i'm not excited about a battle except for no, I can't even say um, John Legend and Alicia Keys because even in that, I had some moments where I was like, I had my hands in the air and I was singing the song. So it, it, probably the least out of all of them, that was that for me. But um, yeah, like this one, I was pleasantly surprised again at how hype I got. I wasn't, I was not planning to watch, if I'm honest. Dennis was like, yeah, you know, I want, I'm gonna put it on or whatever. So he puts you it were. on. I swore that you, girl. I know by the way I looked on the videos no, I, I was posting. No, I thought you were because I mean honestly I didn't even know there was battling until you told me um last week and I was like yeah. I, I forgot about that. I, you know I understood like what it was what it meant to the hip hop community culture. and stuff like mm-hmm. that and culture. Yeah, you know so I was just like yeah you know I might peek in or whatever. I wasn't like hype. But I will admit, when Jadakiss went on the Joe Budden podcast, or Joe Budden really, like, called him into on the podcast or whatever, and Jada was like, you know, I'm coming. Like, I don't, I ain't pussyfooting around, basically, um, with Fab, because everybody was like, Fab was going to win. Whoo! So Jada was already, like, hyped, like, I'm going to give it to him. Man, my man <laughs> came in, like, he was out for blood. He literally was out for blood. Like he and he said on the Joe Budden podcast that he was gonna control the the round or whatever. So I think like the first ten, he was the one that was controlling that. And then the second ten, it was gonna be on Fab. Man, Fab was there very nonchalant doing his regular Fab thing where he's like, I'm just existing, you know, and he he didn't play Thim Slick, he didn't play like they played all those songs that we wanted to hear like La Marina you was at La Marina all summer he ain't played none of that until like the booth DJ booth started playing like the quick hits at the end but like I lost my mind when Fab was like getting it I'm not Fab excuse me Jada Kiss was getting in his bag and playing you know we gonna make it like when they, when he really got me like I was already like like by your side like I was already like bobbing my head like okay but when he dropped banned from TV I was like <laughs> done <laughs> I saw all your videos I was like what they doing they had to like the oh, door open <laughs> yo okay 10 year old me listen I remember okay so I was gone, okay? Y'all can see it, or y'all saw it if y'all was looking at our IGTV stories. I mean, our IG stories on, uh, or even if you follow us, that's why we be telling y'all follow us on CCT Vibes because I was just like lighting up the timeline, like right. everybody on Twitter about it. But like, yo, Fab would just be like, oh, play some girly shit. And he- Yeah, he was on some hey. sleepy time. Yes. It's amazing. These versus battles are amazing to me because a lot of the time I be thinking one person is going to rock it 
And then it, it really is about who, it's like playing spades. You play your best cards. Like you're not holding back. That, yo, Jada was playing spades that whole time. And Fab was over there playing goldfish. He was, <laughs> he was playing Uno, you know? And there was only a couple times that I was like, all right, Jada, that was a little corny one or whatever. That's that street one didn't match up or whatever. But he he definitely went the street route. He didn't play a lot of his like biggest songs. Like he didn't even play um K I S S me. About the hits that Jada had, I really underestimated Jada. Like I knew in my head when they announced it. I was like, yeah, you know, Fab gonna win this. It's nothing, you know? And then when it, I was watching, I was just like, damn, I forgot Jada had that. I forgot Jada had that one and that one. So yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then when he started unveiling like some of the songs that he's written, like he wrote, I think that was a cheat code though, playing Victory. Um, uh, yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as we're here, then we might as well shine, shine together. together. Like, I saw, I that was, but that was educational for me. But I was just dying at like how drunk Jada Kiss was, and yeah. how Jada Kiss was like, off the every what? song, off the tongue, yeah, <laughs> yes, off the yak, yes, yes, <laughs> the yak had him going. I loved it. Um, and like. <laughs> I was definitely taking shots too every time he laughed, but <laughs> when he was just, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was good times. Um, I loved how every time Jada Kiss was like, every song don't have a story. Let's keep it moving. It was, and, and I like that because it was, you know, to the point we wasn't spending four hours in front of the TV watching, you know, me and Dennis be watching it on our smart TV, but like we wasn't spending all these hours watching them perform. And I really enjoyed them being in the same room as well. I hope they continue that that same path. But yeah, I wonder who's gonna be next. I didn't even see any conversations. Usually like they'll start to plant the seeds for who's next. Um, but who's next? Go, go, <laughs> go, go. <No. laughs> so they usually plant the seeds for who's gonna be battling each other next, but I didn't see it. But I'm excited. Like. This just was another example of me like, oh, you know, I'm going to just peek my head in and then I'll be lit watching it. Like next time I'm going to dress up because I had my bonnet on. I wasn't prepared. I was settled in. I was eating dinner. And I was like, oh, shit. This is lit. (laughs) So that was dope. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Jada Kiss definitely won without a shadow of a doubt. Like who are the right. things that he didn't win? I'm like, y'all tripping. What was you watching? <laughs> right. What was he watching? Speaking of tripping, yeah. So I just have to play a portion of this interview, but before I get into it, Jada Kiss, oops, excuse me, not Jada Kiss, um, August Salcina uh shared that Will Smith gave him his blessing to have a quasi-romantic relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. Now, we all know that there was a time when um, that rumor was going around because he had a song called, like, Nunya or something like that. And um, he, I think he referred to Jada Pinkett's, like, name or... Yeah, her middle name, Corinne. Yes, yeah, in the song. And so people was like, you know, oh, shit, you know, what's going on with that or whatever. But, um, you know, of course, every deny, 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 you know, (laughs) until you find out the truth. Um, I don't know how to feel about it, but I read on page six, which is a reputable, you know, they're like TMZ. They're like TMZ before TMZ. Um. I read on page six, like the whole interview, because a lot of um, vlo- like online Instagram blogs were like just posting that like one little piece where he was sharing that Will gave him his blessing. But um, reading the whole conversation about why he was doing this and some of what he was saying um, made me feel like it probably is true, but I don't think Jada will ever admit it because of the way the world is. 
Um, or maybe she will later on down the line. You know how people, you know, when they start to get up in age and shit like that, you know, they start to let all the 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 bones fall out the closet and be like, yeah, yeah, I was fucking with <laughs> like uh, what's his name? Um, uh, what's the guy's name from um, James Rick James? Like Rick James be like, yeah, yeah, I, I was digging my feet into his couch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I slapped one like yeah. So I think that, you know, down the line when Jada's like in her 60s or 70s, she'll probably share just like, um, what's his name, Quincy Jones sharing who was fucking who, what dudes was fucking what other dudes and all that different shit. They're going to share all that. But for now, I think Jada will maintain her position and not share that piece because she knows that the world is too judgy for it. What do you think, uh, before I play... Or would you like me to play? I, okay, well, there's a two-part to that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Are you going to play the old clip of Jada talking about their relationship on the Red Table talk? Or are you going to play? No. Okay. So um, I feel like in this situation, it's a little tricky because I think you're right. I think Jada doesn't want the judgment or the opinions of other people, and rightfully so. You know, that's your personal relationship. But then there's times where she'll say certain things that she knows is triggering words or triggering statements. And she said it before, like, oh, you know, I got in trouble because I said blah, blah, blah. So it's like, she know what she doing. And it's like, you can't, I can't take her word for factual because she always retracts her statements. Like, that's not what, you know, like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. But then you'll go on your own show and be like, say statements like, you know, if we, no matter what happens with our relationship, even if he's on one end of the house with another person and I'm on one end on the other house with another person, we're going to still be together, which implies, you know, people can read between the lines that yes, y'all are down for that. You know what I mean? So when you retract it, it's just like, girl, just let it be, you know? Yeah. And she did have something where she was saying that, um, some interview that she was saying um, with, uh, I forget the guy's name, but anyway, it was some black guy that was interviewing her Mm -hmm. on some like online uh, news show. And she was sharing basically what you're saying, where she was like, you know, being me and Will are very relaxed with each other. Like a lot of women will come to me and be like, you know, oh, um, what would you do if he did this or if this happened? And I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm paraphrasing, but um that's basically the energy that she was bringing to that interview alone so let's go ahead and just play this um excerpt from the interview that august alcina did with um angela yee from the breakfast club out this motherfucker you have an episode on what is love absolutely and one thing that people ask like who is August linked to romantically? Because you're never very open about that. Like, we've seen you, mm-hmm. you know, out on dates, and we've, we've assumed certain things. Mm-hmm. And I remember you put out the song, Nanya, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were saying, okay, you know, August is dating Jada Pinkett Smith, and mm-hmm. that was something that was circulating as a rumor, and that kind of solidified it to people. So right. what was the real situation with Jada Pinkett Smith? Because I don't know if you were pursuing her or mm-hmm. you guys had just a close family type of relationship. And I would love for you to be able to shed that. Here's what I'll say. Um, People can have whatever ideas that they like, but what I'm not okay with is uh, my character, you know, being in question. Mm -hmm. When certain things are questionable that I know is not me or that I know that I... I haven't done, you know, contrary to what some people may believe, I'm not a troublemaker. You know, I don't, I don't like drama. Drama actually makes me nauseous. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) And I also don't think that it's ever important for people to know what I do, who I sleep with, who I date. Right. But uh, in this instance, it's very different because as I said, there's so many people that uh, are side-eyeing me, looking at me questionable about it. I mean, I've lost money, 
friendships, relationships behind it. And um, I think it's, it's because people don't necessarily know the truth, but I've never done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I love those people, right. literally, like my family. I don't ever have, I don't have a bad thing to say about them. They are beautiful people. You know, when something starts affecting my life, um, and not only affecting my life, but affecting my wellness and my, my well-being and also starts to block my heart, my heart space is blocked. I don't really have a choice but to express my truth. I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation due to the transformation from their marriage to life partnership that they've spoken on several times and it, you know, not involving romanticism. Mm-hmm. He gave me his blessing and I, I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life, you know, and I truly and really, really deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. Um, I, I devoted myself to it. I gave my full self to it so much so to the point that I can die right now and be okay with knowing that I truly gave myself to somebody. Right. You did the right thing. And I really loved a person. I experienced that. I know what that, that feels like. And some people never get that in this lifetime. So, so, um, my thoughts after I heard like more so the beginning of that interview and read like more of what he said, it was interesting to hear how he was saying how he lost a lot of opportunities and um, friends and relationships and stuff. Um, and even some of his well-being and like, it seemed like he was alluding to his health as well. Now we all know he was going through a lot of health issues a few years ago. Um, and, you know, ain't nothing like heartbreak to make you really go off the deep end. <laughs> with your health and and lose a lot of weight gain a lot of weight we've seen him gain quite a bit of weight but apparently you know part of that was his lupus and stuff like that he seems like he's back to his previous weight but not the scary skinny weight that he had beforehand but um i just found it very interesting that he felt like he needed to share that to get it off his chest and it made me feel more to get it off of his like his it was heavy on his heart heavy on his heart heavy on his relationships and just his well-being in general and I really do feel like it's true because of all of that because I feel like we saw some of it manifesting in his health some of it manifesting in his career over the past few years And that's when he was closely linked to that group or that um, Jada, I guess, so to speak, back then. Um, I'm glad that if anything, that relationship um, helped him to get off the drugs. He was addicted addicted to, I think she said it was Percocet or whatever, Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know how, I just bring that up because I know that a lot of people was like, oh, this messy ass nigga. And yeah, I think it is a little messy. And I think regardless of what he said about not liking drama, uh, August, you do like a little drama, but I'm just trying to picture myself being him in that crazy ass world and um, being involved in such a crazy ass situation now he put himself there you know he wanted to be involved with that type of relationship with those people but um in in their crazy ass way of living and who knows if will was like cool with it and then he started going too far and then started to apply pressure you know and then you have to get yanked out of a relationship like you know and jada could have been like what you thought this was going to become a marriage like, you know, you never know, because I'm sure, like, she she rocked his world. <laughs> I mean, if y'all saw Girls Trip, she was hanging with the youngins in Girls Trip, too. Like, I mean, that was just a, a role that she was playing, but I just go back to things like that, like how it... Mm. 
I, I agree. Mm. She got him at a very vulnerable state in his life. He has been through a lot and he's been very open about that. And we have Oh, and I do want to say I'm sorry to cut you off because I know you're going to, I would like to hear your opinion on this piece too. I do find it odd, and some people are pointing this out, how they made the relationship seem like a, uh, like a family thing, like, like motherly, um, sonly type of thing. Like, oh, he's like one of the kids or whatever. He was introduced to her by his son. Um, I mean, she was, he was introduced to her by her son, um, by Jaden. And so that, that's a different whole perspective too like you you was putting on this facade and who knows if that translated into the relationship too that motherly thing especially because you just were saying he was in a very vulnerable place and she was taking care of him but go ahead yeah i think he was in a very vulnerable place and um we know that the smiths aren't the traditional family and you know i'm i'm a weird so i can get with some of the weird type of you know antidotes that people might have like that doesn't like oh my god no you know but um i think you're right to make a point to also make a point with the motherly side i think the relationship might have started off that way but then they got really deep and she opened up a piece of him that he didn't you know realize was there and that piece might have stimulated something that she was wasn't getting from will and then that transcended to from, you know, from a psychological, you know, like it can, it can those lines can be blurred really, really quickly because one, he's not, you have to take the, the um, you have to kind of weigh it like, okay, he is not my son. He is a man, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I have kind of molded him and, you know, shaped him into like seeing the potential that he could be. Now he's all in tune and I'm, he's giving me everything that I wanted from Will that Will couldn't give me. And in that moment, it, it could have blossomed into this love affair. However, she I feel like it wasn't fair because she knew somewhere down the line that she was never going to leave her relationship with Will for him. And to open someone up that much and let, especially a man, to, to let them allow them to get to that vulnerable state where they are ready to give their all to you and for you to be like that's enough yes traumatizing for him so i don't know if it's i'm not going to say that he likes the drama i'm gonna say that he was really really vulnerable and someone opened him his you know his his pussy wide open you know <laughs> it, it happens that way like maybe she was his Maybe she was either his soulmate or maybe she was his swiveling. One of the two. Mm, yeah, or Oedipus Rex. That Greek story of the of the man falling in love with his mother and marrying his mother and stuff like yep. that. Like, that's a real thing. You know? Mm -hmm. I agree, Kel. Well, yeah. that is it. Um, you know, we're gonna just keep things moving along. But up, but up, up, up. That's all, folks. Because... <laughs> Um, I don't really find anything else in the media important this week, um, other than, of course, justice for Breonna Taylor, you know, we okay. keep that, <laughs> you know, and um, now we're just going to go ahead and move along into this special treat of an interview. Um, you know, we know that y'all are going to love it and you're going to want to order some of her drinks um, once the interview is over. Uh, so make sure that you listen out for all of her social media um, channels that you can tap into and get on that list. Um, and without further ado, our interview with Denicia. All right. Well, welcome, y'all. This is Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. I'm Anna. And I'm Kel. And we have a special guest today on our Maybe. podcast. I mean, we're virtually doing this, but hopefully we can meet sometime in the future. Um, Cocktails by Pop, also known as Denicia. Is that how I say it? Yes. Okay. You did. You pronounced it perfectly. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> So we've been following you for some time on social media and digging everything that you've been um, curating, as I like to say, um, when it comes uh -huh. to drinks. And we just want to you talk to you about 
what you, what it is that you do with drinks and you know just your story in general so um you know starting off with your story as well as um how you curate drinks a variety of ways with pop-up bartending and cocktails by pop so um tell us more about yourself tell us the story so i'm originally uh from los angeles and uh i then did the migration to new york i've always wanted to live in new york but my parents were like natural uh entertainers so every time someone came over, my mom would be making cocktails or my dad would pull out champagne that was like gifted from Michael Jackson and stuff like that. And uh, when I moved to New York, I have a background in fashion. I thought that my ultimate uh, dream job would be in fashion. And then I realized that style transcends no matter what. And uh, somehow in the cocktail scene, I learned from the patron side of the bar that the one place you can get individuals that have no similar backgrounds is in the bar. You can start off with 12 strangers at a bar. Within an hour, someone is going to spark a conversation. You get what I'm saying? So it was within the spirit world where I figured out you can sort of make friends, of course, when it's done responsibly. So I say, man, I started to think if we combine that with style, maybe that's a way we can learn from one another about our history and things like that through libations. And uh, then after New York, I moved down to New Orleans, which is known as a cocktail capital. Yes, and it is. That, we love a bourbon street. Yes. Yes. We love a bourbon street. <laughs> yes, they sprinkled me from, from the cocktails on Bourbon Street to, the, to the, uh, the ultimate classic cocktails that New Orleans is known for. I feel like I got polished uh, while down there. I took a trip to Atlanta as well, and, and where Black business thrives. And that's where a lot of the support, like you can do this. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you don't, or you aren't uh, some prestigious liquor brand or anything like that. You can be a connoisseur and a consultant of what is, is good basically. So uh, yeah, so cocktails by pop. That is we write our own narrative and that's it. <laughs> that's interesting. I know me and Anna talk about this all the time with like getting love from the hometown and uh-huh really interesting point when you like when you branched out that's when you know the, all the support and the love really comes through and then it's funny because exactly. you know on top your home i'm like oh she's one of ours <laughs> <laughs> yes girl so mm-hmm. one of the reasons we chose cognac as our spirit of choice was because of its premium factor how hard was it to break into the cognac industry and to make cognac and put it on the market in general? You said how hard was it? Yes. How hard was it? You think from my perspective, like me using cognac and working with cognac and things like that? Yes. You know, I, I'll be honest. I didn't have much of a challenge. Like, for example, the, the first panel we, I just did earlier, literally 30 minutes before this, uh, when I think of cognac, I think of the Great Migration. I think of both wars where African-American people were more comfortable and accepted and not marginalized in Paris and stayed. I think about the Harlem Renaissance where artists like Josephine Baker and Baldwin knew that they were accepted more so in Paris while here in the United States we were drinking Confederate whiskey. Right. I think about things like that and, and I can honestly say I've never or I have not experienced uh, a hard time getting into cognac because I'm not uh, telling the history for anyone else but my people. Yeah. And that's only the truth. You don't have to accept me into the doors or anything like that. Only thing I can do is speak our truths. And um, do I have to watch my mouth or can I? No, you don't, girl. Be free. We can go back to thank you. We can go into um, history and how it uh, bleeds into current history. For example, pop culture and pop culture is black culture and black culture is hip hop. And we can go and we can talk about uh, Jay Z and Kanye West. And we can think about, uh, we can put on niggas in Paris right now. And the meaning of that, and some will find it derogatory, black and white and other, but niggas in Paris, we were escaping. We were accepted there before mm-hmm. the U.S. understood our art form and, and jazz and things like that. It was accepted there. So, of course, 
if you're in a place that's leaving a good taste in your mouth, so is their spirit. So is cognac. And it, and I, you know what? I used to think of my uncles are drinking it and everyone's drinking it and I'm seeing it here and there. It's got to be some sort of uh, connection. Yes, I, yes. It, it, it has to be. And I say that all to say, whatever the brands are currently selling now and how they're doing it, I'm not looking to break into that audience, just like I'm not looking to correct my words or cold switch for anyone else to understand. Because if I tell you I'm finna or I'm bata or I'm going to give you both of them, you know exactly what it is. You know what I'm talking about? That's it. Yeah. We just posted about that. Like, look, look at the alignment because we right. just posted about the history of cognac in the black culture and how like yeah. the, the Hennessy directly went to marketing the to the black community. But way the first back, ads yes. It, Ebony, yes. the first some of the first sponsored ads were uh, paid for by Hennessy. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that extra history lesson. Yes, and and, and bringing it back to niggas in Paris. Yes, that's yep. what our community needs to know. It's more than just candy. There's medicine in the candy too. You know, there's exactly. knowledge and there's a meaning behind some of this music. So, um, and me and Cal love you know music in general, but you know. Anyway, uh, speaking of vibes, we love your eccentric vibe, okay? Like, I'm love. are those twists? They look like twists. I wasn't sure if they were um, braids or twists, but either way. They're twists. And they wouldn't be possible without Brandy. And Brandy is literally in the kitchen now making <laughs> chicken wings. Yes. And she can do everything oh, yes. as we all can. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can I get a plate, though? Can I get a yes. plate? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. And you know, if I'm honest, I really thought that you was from New Orleans. Um, and you know, I looked at your bio on Instagram and I got that vibe from you. Um, I'm gonna insert an extra question here. Is where's the heritage from your family from? So my uh great or my grandfather and my great grandfather are from Streetport, Louisiana. So of course during the Great Migration, we move west or we go north and we went west. And within learning that, like my, my aunt's coming back uh, while we're still in uh, California, that's how I'm like, I know that I need to get there. I know that I need to get there. But I mean, we all come from, we all are, are somehow involved in the Great Migration. So that was our story. And I've always wanted to live in New York. And I was like, you know what? I want to live in New Orleans too. And I want to try out Atlanta. But what I made sure, and um, I take it as a compliment that you thought I was from New Orleans because I make it a point not to appropriate anyone else's culture because as black people we can sometimes appropriate culture as well so I just engulf and learn as much as I can wherever I am you know I love step that. aside and know my place wherever I am so far as city you know what I mean yes I love that mm -hmm. um I, I I can identify with that because one I was born in New Orleans but my family is actually West Indian so they oh, nice. moved from New York from Panama and Grenada to New York so I grew uh -huh. up with that as well as being a military brat so I know what oh, you mean by lived. like adapting to wherever you I've lived on the west coast I've lived in New Orleans in, um, you know, the East Coast for majority of my lineage is like East Coast. Like that's what I more so identify with. But I just think that's really dope. And I, I see it. I see it all through your branding. But what we also see is 70s Black culture. Um, so what was your inspiration behind that branding piece? Listening to all the music as a child. And, and if we can, if we really dissect what the 70s music was, we can directly uh, link it to civil rights. And we can then go into the fact that we weren't necessarily learning our culture. So, but, but through the music, they were telling the story like Marvin Gaye and Aretha and all these people. It was almost like uh, during like the picnics and the barbecues and stuff like that, um, though our story wasn't told, through the books, I could hear it. And um, I can't remember what I was reading, but it, um, it was sort of like statistics show that the music that you listen to up until the age of 13 is what stuck with you. 
So of course it's it's Marvin Gaye for me, it's Anita Baker, it's uh Sam Cooke, it's Bobby Womack, it's all these artists who were also directly involved with the civil rights movement and culturally uh expressing what was going on with black people. So my work, I, I love spirits and I, I wanted it to be meaningful and I also didn't want it to be a, a drag, like boring learning. So I'm like, so how do we marry the two? You get what I'm saying? And how do we pay homage to the, the music that, that led to, to hip hop, that led to everything we listen to today? So I make sure that everything we do exudes that so we don't lose it. Because in my opinion, that music that derived from blues and things like that and, and, and the music that we listened to in Hush Harbors when we had to get away from the slave quarters was no matter what. And vintage is in. So of course, it's like, of course, they, they aesthetically, even if you don't understand the, the context beyond that, aesthetically, you just get it. And if I can grasp you and I can get you there, I can explain everything else. So everything, I love the 70s. I want everything to look like an Ohio Players cover. <laughs> I'm saying, um, I mean, when I look at the bottles that you're selling, I be thinking of the song, um, every nigga is a star. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, looking at it, I'm like yes play as ball yeah. <laughs> it's true you know what i think it is it's a way to show that uh, and i and i can say this honestly from personal experience i thought that our culture it it wasn't exquisite it was something i had to shake so when i use words like can't and finna and all that stuff at first i didn't understand that that was a part of our vernacular but because that's not accepted in mainstream American culture, it's stripped from us. Because, of course, to strip power, you strip your language and things like that. So when you get back to everything, you're like, no, that means something. And there are people, my people, that understand what I'm talking about and visually also. So if I make sure that every, uh, every label we have exudes that, as long as y'all get it, it's fine. I love it. And speaking of... Um play as balls. We are definitely going to have something in the works that we're going to kiki with you offline about because we definitely need to link up and do some big things with you. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. Safely. Right, exactly. So you have deemed yourself the Negro historian, and I love that name, by the way. And mission to educate while consumers libate so we know people do not love our ugly truths of our past. And I just wonder, how does this kind of affect your business? How does this affect sponsorship opportunities with big name brands? Or is that something that you even care about? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll be frank, um, I didn't give a damn. Like, yeah. <laughs> the work wasn't to make sure that any big brand could pay for it. Like, for example, when I started and I, and I deemed myself the Negro historian, it was off of classes that I held myself accountable for so I could learn my culture and I can also not teach but share with my people what I was learning. You get what I'm saying? So I can honestly say I don't know if there's been an, an effect, even if I, I, I'm not seeing any effect or anything like that. Uh, it's so funny you asked that question because I had a friend sort of asked the same question and said, well, have you reached your ultimate goal? I said, you know what, as long as, as I can continue to uh, speak in my tone, not only you know for, for events like this, but also speak in my tone through my products and it's actually selling out and it's being well received by my community, then that's it. So if the big brands uh, never come, which actually they have, I can say we've done oh, a lot of good I was work. like, get yeah, her client list is popping, sis, yes. I haven't had any sort of trouble, but, but period, because in the United States, it was said that, and I think this was done before COVID hit, that in 2020, Black people would account for $1.4 trillion uh, in the market for some of our sales and things like that. So if I'm telling you, and I'm showing you that I got something that is, is nostalgic to our culture, we're going to buy it anyway, because we're buying everything and setting the trends for that. So, um, I mean, I think real recognize real. So the brands that I would want to work with won't shy away from uh, how many times I use the, the the word nigga, how many times I refer to myself as the Negro story, how many times I refer to the fact that uh, uh, 
you know, rum was made by, uh, from the hands of enslaved people, it wouldn't matter. If you want to work with me, you want to work with me. And that's it. Well, we absolutely love it. We want to play a quick game with you on our, you know, proverbial couch <laughs> before we let you go. And it's called Rapid Let's do it. So, yes, we're going to ask you a series of 10 questions, and you're just going to choose mm -hmm. this category or that category. So I'll kick things off with cognac or whiskey. Cognac. Hey. <laughs> Fried chicken or curry chicken? Fry my chicken. <laughs> Hoops or studs? Hoops all day. Yes, yes. Uh, bush or braids? Braids down to the floor. Yes. Sis. All right, so we know you got the she's got to have it label. So this is from an old to, you know, she's got to have it. Mars or Jamie? Mars. Yeah, <laughs> We love Mars. You know, yes. you got to be friends. We love you know? Mars. Right. You want some, something long term. It got to be more than just aesthetics. Um, mm -hmm. Insecure or girlfriends? Girlfriends. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, East Coast, West Coast, Biggie or Pac? Pac. I mean, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Now that we know you're from LA, that's a gift. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Peach liquor or triple sec? Peach liquor, because I love Atlanta. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> That's my that's favorite. Yes, that's her fave. <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, Nola or NYC? No, y'all know y'all wrong for this. <laughs> East Coast holding it down. All right, and last one, bartending or curating experiences? Curating experiences, because I can put so much into that that one experience. So I would have to say that it's a bigger umbrella. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And that's actually something that I would have chosen over bartending as well. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, because um, Kel is a, a trained bartender, licensed bartender too. So yes. Nice. <laughs> yes, sis. So... <laughs> We are so happy that you were able to make um, come and join us on our podcast. And we definitely want to um, highlight your different liqueurs that you have. So uh, it, I can say that uh, our business model, because we were mainly doing events and consulting, but of course with COVID, our business model had to shift. And mm -hmm. by accident, we went into shipping mixers. Mm. and mixers with basically a black box a black box of total experience and history and things like that and it kind of grew into something I had never really visioned but that's usually what happens with like ideas you're like I wouldn't even think about that and now it happened uh most of our the way I, I sort of do it I feel like a hip-hop artist because I want to be a rapper in my past life and I'm like I'll drop it like a mixtape so based on how I'm feeling or what comes over me that's what the drop will be uh, I've been watching a lot of Black movies, so the two recent cocktails that we have are based on iconic Black films. Yes. And for example, Solo, First Black Fairy Tale, We Need a Dress Coming to America. It addresses our culture, immigration, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, and gotta have it, Black sexuality. You know, I, I don't know if, if people follow me, they know, you know, some of my photos are racy or nude, but that doesn't have anything oh. to do with education and what I can actually bring to the table. It doesn't devalue or take away from any of that. Uh, so I really wanted to touch, you know, based on even how important Spike Lee is and how that movie was told, you know, through a man's perspective for a woman, but, but how he tried to redo it and have women involved, just different aspects. And uh, the, the, the cocktails is sold out nonstop. So we're basically restocking for July 10th in which we'll drop a new cocktail that's based on uh, some a few legends from hip hop. Okay. Okay, we'll be on the lookout for that. We'll be on the lookout for that for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yes, we're excited to see it. So tell everybody where they can find you um, on your website. Um, tell us where we can find you on the Instagram. How can we follow you? So uh, follow me on Chicken and Champagne on Instagram. And if you slide in my DMs, you can become, uh, get involved with the uh, waiting list or the email list for the next cocktail. As soon as we restock, those who have uh, basically joined the, uh, the email list have priority shopping. Uh, okay. You can also go to cocktailsbypop.com. There is a shop button. As soon as you press that email, we've got yours and you are totally added to priority shopping. You know yeah. what I wanted this to be? I wanted uh, this brand because it's so black. I wanted it to be something you had to seek. I don't want it. It's just out and everywhere. Tangible, and I can go here yeah. and I can grab it or I can get here and I can, no, no, no. You're going to have to come to see me. To see if That's that exclusive shit right there. Yes. And, and, and most black things should be. It's not, well, not all things are for sale and easily obtainable. So for, for this black shit, you will have to get to me to find it. I love it. I love yes. it. And I just sent you a DM from the CCC um, Instagram to let you know it's <laughs> on that waiting list. Yep, exactly. July tenth, so. everybody will have it again. July tenth. I was. I, I can honestly say that I was uh, floored and. And for me to see it everywhere, and I was just like, oh my God, and we've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bottles. And it goes to show, and there's this stereotype or this narrative that black people don't support each other or we have a hard time with it and it's not the same. Uh-uh. As soon as we have a product where we can celebrate and support, we will. And that was proof. Because I was nervous about where my business was headed. And it, it, you know, it's bittersweet because of the times, but I'm appreciative from the, the support. And the fact that I didn't have to code switch, I didn't have to go, well, so-and-so buy it if it looked like this, or if, is it too black or is it too this, from the soul that came out and it spoke to the people it needed to be in the hands of, basically. Yeah, I think that's a, one of the biggest lessons that we're learning as well. Everybody is not your market, you know, market to the nope. people that has your heart, market to the people that, you know, who are out there to support you. And there's someone out there for everyone. Exactly. It's a cover for every pot. Yes. 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 Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much, Denicia. Um, yes. Thank you so know. much for having me. We're going to be on that list because I'm trying to have some of them bottles for my bachelorette. Oh, yes. July. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> We gonna be we we are dead ass serious. You exactly. So you know, dead ass. We are dead ass that we want them bottles. So. I got you. I got you. Keep us posted. And thank you so much again, girl. All right. Yes, that was such a refreshing conversation. Um, shout out again to you, Denicia, for um, joining us on our proverbial couch. I enjoyed. Yes that conversation so much and can't wait to have more conversations and hopefully link up in the future um, but um in the meantime we're gonna get into our philanthropy highlight get up get out and get something how will you make it if you never even try you need to get up get out and get something because you and i got the do for you and i all right y'all All right, y'all, so for this week's Philanthropy Highlight, we are highlighting BEAM, Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective. Who are they? They are a collective of advocates, yoga teachers, artists, therapists, lawyers, religious leaders, teachers, psychologists, and activists committed to the emotional and mental health and healing of Black communities. And Lord knows we definitely need some healing. Some of their vision is to, we envision a world where there are no barriers to black healing. Whew, cause there is a lot of barriers right now. <laughs> and their mission is to remove the barriers that black people experience in getting access to or staying connected with an emotional health care and healing. And they do that through education, training, advocacy, and creative arts. So we found out about them through um, BET's, um, humanitarian highlights that they were doing and I just thought it was such a good organization and I felt like we should share that with our community since that's what you know we're all about so there are some ways that you can support them you can support them by donating money to them 
And if you donate money to them, you can donate to the Southern Healings Fund. They also have something called the Beam Ultraviolets. And you can become a Beam Ultraviolet by donating $10 a month to Beam's programs and initiatives. Then they also have something called Beam Supernovas. Burn bright by supporting Beam with an ongoing $20 a month of donation. Y'all can eat that food. That's gas money. Like, come on, y'all, you got it. Especially with unemployment, y'all getting that extra $600. Y'all better stop playing. I know you better. <laughs> also, ultralight beams, you can give $100 or more and help us shine brighter than ever. So please check them out at beam.community.com. Let me tell you something. Black people are always, th this was perfect, especially with this episode being star. Um, you know, I, I was just saying how we are people that are going to make it work and we're going to shine while making it work. We make whatever we have, like we take it to the next level, just like we were just talking about in the interview earlier. Um, we just take things to the next level in general when it comes to this this thing called blackness you know right. and like i just saw this guy in the garage like yesterday um with a, a little tripod saying he had his um tablet or whatever his ipad whatever and he was doing little um group workouts on zoom for people and i was like i know that's right because in my apartment building they be tripping about us um just doing anything with um like noise or whatever noise like the walls and the floors are very thin um and so i know i was like i know that's why my man went in the garage in a reserve parking area and he's making sure he gonna get these workouts off and he gonna make his little 20 dollars per per um <laughs> trainee or whatever so i was like yes you know black people black people we make it work so Resilience. Thank you, Kel. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kel, for that highlight. And let's get into our last call. I'd like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Last call. Hold on, Kel. Hold on. <sighs> Okay. Oh, I'll do a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. So I'm going to take today's um, last call from the Daily Word straight up. I don't know if y'all read that, if your mama or your grandmama got the subscription of the little Daily Word booklets that used to come. Well, I read them on the website every day. They update. It's daily um, affirmations, I would say, from a Christian perspective. And there's usually... Um, a scripture that's associated with each affirmation and so um i'm gonna just get right to it because i feel like we were really aligned this week um spiritually me and kel who we we already think that we're twin flames as it stands but anyway like we were really aligned and especially like with the joy theme everything lined up even our conversations with um denicia yesterday um, just talking about the history of cognac and all of that and how we had just posted about the history of cognac in the black culture and, you know, the experience that blacks had in France, you know, so it was just a delight this morning when I woke up and, you know, with July being the month of joy, today's uh, daily word was about joy. It literally said joy. <laughs> so alignment. <laughs> so here we go. Joy. I am alive with joy. My joyful attitude elevates me through carefree days and carries me through those days that may not leave me, that may leave me feeling sad or frustrated. No matter the circumstance, my true nature is one of genuine joy in my heart. As I take the time to ponder my life's many blessings, friends, family, nature's beauty, I find that happiness flows from deep within me like water from a fountain. When I'm in such a state of joy, even more blessings come to me in the form of synchronicities and unexpected delights. Synchronicities, excuse me, and unexpected delights. With a cheerful attitude, 
I share joy with everyone and I'm invigorated with a spiritual life force that exudes radiance and light. This outward expression of my inner light lets everyone in my path know what joy I feel simply to be alive. And then the scripture to go with that was, the Lord has done great things for us and we rejoice. Psalm 126, verse 3. So guys, um, I hope that that can help you as, you know, things are ever changing outside right now. Um, And sometimes it's not for the better, but we have to continue to look on the positive side just to get through the the bad side of things. Um, Me, this is the message to myself as well. Um, And just make the best of it. That's what we have to do. I saw something today in TJ, I mean, in Home Goods. Um, that said something about how life is like a camera, um, capture the good moments, uh, develop from the negatives, and um, I forget the rest. But I should have taken a picture of it because that could have been a last call too. But yeah, basically focus on the good moments and, and capture those those wonderful memories and then, you know, develop from the negative. So... That's what we're sharing with you all today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you follow us at Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations on Instagram, um, as well as Facebook. Um, follow us on Twitter at CCC Vibes and visit CognacCupcakesAndConversations.com. We got so much more in store for y'all this month. Make sure that you also visit the website to get our merch. Yes, y'all. Um, T-shirts on sale. Yeah, you know. Um, we're working on getting those glasses up for you guys too, our snifter glasses, so you can be sipping with us when you're listening to the pod. Ooh. And until next time, we'll see y'all next week. All right, we out. It's a vibe.